Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. A Dear Media original podcast. Hi. Welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good. Like, really good. And it will. I promise. Our guest today is Megan Roop, who is a celebrity trainer and the founder of Sculpt Society and someone I've known for a long time. It is so nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being this is here. so exciting. So I obviously know what you do and how long you've been doing it. And it's amazing. But it's also so cool to watch you crush it in the way that you have. I know you train the supermodels like Carly Kloss and Miranda Kerr, and I know how you got your amazing start, but I would love if you could tell our audience how you started and what your method is really all about. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I grew up dancing my entire life. Um, I ended up going to NYU's Tisch Dance Program. And when I graduated, I was trying to figure out how the heck to support myself in New York City. It's expensive. While I was auditioning, I worked in fashion and then I started teaching fitness just on the side, really not intending it to be more than anything to make money so I could pay rent. But I really quickly fell in love with connecting with other women, really supporting how they were feeling in their own bodies. For me, I had really gone through a lot of body image issues in my early 20s. And so being able to connect with other women to feel more confident through movement was having such a big impact on me. And I really saw longevity within fitness. And so I started to take other classes as well in the city. Boutique fitness was exploding in New York. I was loving reformer Pilates and yoga and other school classes and just starting to get really excited about fitness. But at the same time, feeling like there was not the perfect class out there that I wanted to take. Specifically, dance-based fitness was overly complicated. If you weren't a dancer, it was super intimidating. All these classes were so long. Why did it all need to feel so complicated? And so I really wanted to develop a class that was about the community, was about a warm and welcoming feeling, was about developing a really kick-ass workout, but a kick-ass workout that a lot of people could come into at every level and feel really successful in. So making the sculpting movement attainable and especially the dance cardio, simplifying it and just sprinkling it in, but not having that be the focus. So for me, the Sculpt Society was really born because I felt like that class was missing for me and was something I had always wanted to take. I think that that is so important for people to hear. It is so 
lovely that it was born from this really like warm, yummy place because I do feel like not all fitness classes are like that. Some of them are really intimidating and do feel overly intimidating. It's complicated. And it's something about like, especially women, right? You come in in tight spandex. And even if when you're starting like something new, you're going into a new class, the whole thing just to get there feels intimidating. So wanting people to walk into my class and feel welcomed was so important to me. I love that so much. And I love that you explained it that way specifically because this week, especially we were talking about movement. And one of the themes we were talking about is this idea of like a movement moment versus Mm -hmm. like an hour long sweat session. I know that's really your whole thing that you could like really in 20 minutes really do a lot. And I was wondering, like, say someone had 20 minutes, what would be like the best bang for their buck in terms of like a full body workout? I mean, I'm a really big proponent. I have this saying called committing to less so that you can show up more. And I think there's this misconception in the fitness industry that you need to do hours of exercise to see any results. And it's really retraining all of us that we can make such impact with small chunks of movement more consistently throughout your week. So I don't even think you need 20 minutes. I think you could commit to just 10 minutes a day. And I think it depends on what you want to do. But I love full body. I love standing legs. I love abs. I love I love booty. You can even do some dancing arms. All of this requires just your body, which is really nice too. I think sometimes there's that barrier to entry with like equipment and all of these fancy things. You don't need fancy things. You don't need a lot of time. All you need is really feel good movement to really shift how you're energetically feeling in your body. Because I truly believe in 10 minutes, you can energetically shift how you're feeling physically, mentally, and the power of that goes into the rest of your day, goes into how you're feeling. So that goes into your relationships, your job. And that truly is the shift and what we're wanting to feel out of fitness, out of movement and out of your practice. Wow. It makes me really happy. And anyone who's like a mom or a parent, I do feel like we've already been doing those things where you like, I don't know, you find 10 minutes where you can. But I think for us to hear you say that is really empowering because we can find 10 minutes here and there. And then, you know, moving your body is moving your body. So Yeah. And also building that consistency and that habit is so important because so many of us feel overwhelmed. Sometimes pressing play on a 20 minute video even feels overwhelming. So if you can consistently show up to 10 minutes every day, that is going to be so much more impactful than one long workout a week, a month, whatever, you know, you can fit in. And so that to me is so much more important, that consistency and that energetic shift you're feeling on a daily basis in your body. You heard it here first. 10 (laughs) minutes. Although I'm sure you've said that many times. You know, you mentioned something when you were answering the first question that I logged in my brain. And I think people might assume that because of what you do and the way you look, that you're someone who has never struggled with body insecurity. And I think that that's an assumption we make about a lot of different people. And it was really interesting to hear you say that. And I was wondering like what that evolution was like for you a little bit and where you are now with it. Yeah. In my early 20s, I really struggled with that. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to pursue in life. And I think like a lot of us, I used food and, and movement as a coping mechanism. Instead of feeling the feelings, feeling the anxiety, feeling the stress, I wanted to control in order to numb. And so a lot of us use alcohol, sex, drugs. My drug of choice was food and overexercising. So I went through stages of yo-yo dieting and binge eating throughout my early 20s. And it wasn't until I really did a lot of internal work. And then the missing puzzle piece for me was finding that movement practice that felt joyful. So healing my relationship with food and how I viewed food. So really shifting from extreme dieting, yo-yo dieting to intuitive eating. And then I really like to call it intuitive movement. So moving my body, not in a way that was about burning calories and killing myself doing hours of cardio every day, but 
moving my body in a way that felt really uplifting and joyful and felt like freedom. So the combo of those two things really changed and evolved my approach to movement and food and really is part of my journey to where I am now. That is so special to hear you say that. I have a similar journey. I really did think that if you didn't have an hour to truly like grind your body into the ground, then it wasn't a workout. Yeah. And it's so funny because I did find in a similar way with food and it sounds like you did too, just a way where it feels really good ends up being the thing that actually like works, which yeah. is wild. Yeah. Well, I think too with food, right? We've grown up in a culture where there's it's good, it's bad, there's all these labels. But in intuitive eating, it's really not a diet. So when you remove all of those labels and you allow yourself to trust yourself around food and to get playful with food and see what gives you energy, what makes you feel good, your body relaxes. And the same goes for movement too. When you're stressing your body out, doing hours of workouts a day, it really holds on to so much cortisol, all of those things. And it wasn't until I actually scaled back what I was doing and really allowed myself to be okay with less time working out that my body also relaxed. I've never felt or I think looked better. I look back in my 20s when I was doing two, three hours of workouts a day and on strict diets. And now where there's really no restriction in any way, I feel like my body is in such a different place. And my, obviously my mindset is in a different place. Oh, that's amazing. And with that, thinking about burnout, you do fitness for your job and yeah. all day you're doing probably different types of movement. And I was wondering how you approach rest and recovery. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> it's super important. I think most people don't think that a rest day is, is like required. I'm like minimum one day a week is required, if not two. I think for me, sleep is super important. That's part of my recovery. I am really indulgent in sleep and oh, I'm in bed early. It's so important. I also do a massage like every two weeks. To me, that's part of my recovery. I love TheraBody products like the TheraGun, using a foam roller, an infrared sauna, all of those things I think are so important. And also just time even though like a simple walk outside to me is part of a recovery, getting some vitamin D, being in some fresh air. It can be simple. It doesn't need to be overly complicated either. I love that. Do you have the boots? Like the... Yeah, I do. <laughs> the compression boots. They're yeah. so good. I know. I've been so interested in them. They're good. I did see the other day that you posted that you get in bed at 8.30. <laughs> she gets in bed at 8.30, you well, guys. This is, this is... Okay, so... I'm I so have... impressed. I just, I want to say, I don't think that's uncool. I think that's so cool. I'm just impressed. And I teach me, tell me. Well, I think it's the combination of my husband and I in the new year are really trying a new morning routine where yeah. we get up before my daughter gets up. So we get up now around 6, 6.15. She's out of bed at 7. So we have that hour to 45 minutes. I really wanted to recommit to meditation and journaling and just having a morning before I really start yeah. with Harlow. And then for my husband, it, I'm convinced him that he needs to get in a 15, 10 minute workout for his mind. And so I think both of us have committed to that. And I think in turn, by the end of the day, we're so tired. But I also, again, want to prioritize sleep. I know if I'm getting eight or nine hours of sleep, I'm a better human the next day. I also am trying to cut down my screen time. So yes, we're in bed early, but I'm also reading until like 9, 15, 9, 30. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> I know. That's pretty good. I know. I'm impressed. With my clients, I find that motivation sometimes ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how you approach your clients when yeah. maybe motivation is in a low well, point. Well, I think that's another reason why committing to less so that you can show up more resonates year round. Because yes, naturally you're going to ebb and flow. And the motivation everyone's feeling right now in January 
is going to feel different in March. (laughs) And so when your commitment can be sustained over long periods of time, that's when a habit starts to build. And that's the thing. Fitness is not just the next four weeks. It's for the rest of your life. Because I think so strongly of like the mental health benefits of moving your body, right? So I think when you can make it sustainable and 10, 15, 20 minutes is sustainable. So when I'm working with clients who feel unmotivated or they are out of the habit of working out, it's telling them, I'm giving you permission to commit to shorter workouts. Yeah. Ooh, that kind of feels good. I can do that. I can do 10 minutes. And then you start to carve that out. And honestly, nine times out of 10, if you do a 10 minute quickie on my app, you're going to usually do one more. (laughs) You usually end up stacking because in that 10 minutes, you feel so good. And that shift in energy feels so good that you want more of it. But I think sometimes it's like a little mental trick that you need to play on yourself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm so glad, again, when you mentioned the 10 minutes, to me, that is the most doable, like in between. But by the way, I do this on myself on a weekly basis because I go live on my app two to three times a week. And then sometimes I'll have a private client on the days I have to self-motivate too. I'm tired. I've got Harlow, the business. And so every time I'm like, okay, Megan, you're going to do one quickie, one 10 minute. And then I do it and either I move on or I stack it. And what do you find is motivating you? Feeling good in my body and in my mind and just feeling less chaotic and calm. Yeah. That's motivating to me. Because I know for me, movements like real meditation where I feel so different after I've moved my body. And that's so motivating when you have so much going on and we all have so much going on. Carving out that short amount of time for yourself just goes such a long way. And so when you can see that, that's motivating to me on a day. I'm like, okay, like I know if I'm going to get this in, the rest of my day is going to feel so much better. Completely. I feel the same. It's mental health as much as it is physical. You're a mama now. And I was wondering if motherhood had changed your feelings about wellness or fitness in any way? I think I got super passionate about pre and postnatal fitness through my journey. I think there's such a lack of education and there's a lack of programming out there for women. And so I started to build out my prenatal program. Like if you went on to a certain app, there may be like four prenatal classes and you're like, this is 40 weeks. This is 10 months of my life. Like I need a robust program. So I got really passionate about that and filmed so many workouts in a 40 week program on my app. And I got even more passionate about the pelvic floor (laughs) because that is something that so many women need to know about. And especially in postpartum, how important that pelvic floor and core recovery time is and just the lack of education in those early days postpartum and the lack of support for women surrounding postpartum fitness, your pelvic floor. And so for me, building those programs out has been so amazing. That's amazing. And I did find a huge lack of that when I had Oliver and I felt like the ones that I was seeing like made you like do these crazy sit-ups and stuff like that. And I was like, I just had a, I mean, I waited the proper amount of time, but I feel like it was not really about connecting back to that area. No. So you go in for your six week checkup and they're like, okay, yeah, you're good to go. (laughs) You can go back to your workout. You can have sex. And you're like, excuse me, what? (laughs) And I got so angry because the same thing happened to me. And of course I have the education of pre and postnatal fitness to know that like, no, you should not go back. Yes, you can start movement again, but your approach to fitness at six weeks postpartum, no, you should not be doing a boot camp class or crazy sit-ups. Like there is so much more rebuilding and connection that needs to happen before you can go back 
to those regular classes. It's such a disservice to women. And I get a little angry about it, but fired up. I get fired up <laughs> about it. But yeah, I mean, just to be able to tell women, okay, here, when you get home from the hospital, here is a six-week program of how to connect to your breath, your core, and your pelvic floor. Then once you're cleared to work out, then I'll have you do your postpartum program that's going to rebuild slowly your core and your your strength, then you'll feel like you can get back to those regular classes. You know, as you were saying that, I just remembered something that I feel like I've seen on your Instagram that I think is really empowering. Obviously, your whole thing is sculpting and feeling really good and really strong and really empowered in your body. But something that you've mentioned a couple of times that I thought was really beautiful was you were like, the skin on my stomach is different. Like yeah. it is thinner, like fact. It makes me a little sad is just that this idea that women still think that post baby, their body is supposed to go back to how it was pre-baby. And if for some reason it's deviated in any way, it's bad. And the reality is like, you know, of course your skin or your belly button's a little droopy. Like I wish our society sort of embraced those changes and, and set women up a little bit more for success post-baby. And this idea that we need to bounce back or that we need to look like we did pre-baby, it's kind of crazy if you think about it. Yeah. It's interesting because you can get really strong and you can feel really good and healthy and empowered in your body, just like you promote every day. And at the same time, I think it's so helpful when people are really honest about like, yeah, it's not 100% the same. And like, how could it possibly be? Yeah. And I think in, on social, it's important to show like, here's my droopy belly button, yeah. my skin, <laughs> like, like, girl, you are not alone. Yes. You know, how could it be exactly the same? No. no. Yeah, exactly. I know your method is about sculpting and that's like using light weights and your body weight, which you can do a lot with. Do you think that you that there's a place for heavy weights? Like, do we need heavy weights or can you achieve it all? You know, I think the workout that's going to work for you is the one that you're going to stick to. My friend Charlie says that all the time. And I think that's so true because yes, if heavy weights work for you and you enjoy it and it's something you're going to consistently show up for, amazing. There's so much great research around that for women. Do I think you can build strength from my type of sculpt workouts? Absolutely. I do think sometimes there's a lot of loud voices in the fitness yes. industry. So I don't necessarily think you have to do only heavy weights in order to build muscle. I do believe you can do that and build strength within my type of low impact sculpt workouts. I think that's exactly right. And it's the same thing with food. It's like there's tons of things on paper that really work with the science. And at the same time, like everyone's different and it has to work for you. Yeah. But I love your method and I've been doing it and it changes your body, especially to me, the arms it's the arms are really fun. So do you have like a snack of choice at all? Like a post-workout snack of choice? Oh gosh. I'm not one that's like, okay, it's been 30 minutes. Yeah. I have to get this protein in. No, that's I not that. how I approach it. It's like, am I hungry? I'm obsessed with good culture cottage cheese. Me too. It is so effing good. Me too. Like that and blueberries. Yes. Mm, like mixed in. It has so much protein also. Like in a little thing, there's yeah. like 18 grams of protein. Is there? I don't see. I don't even know. Oh, but I think no, it's like it's, a delicious. Right. Snack. I love that you're just, by the way, that is so good instincts and that is so the vibe of just like, I eat this because it tastes good. I have no idea. Yeah. But it does happen to yeah. have. But so I like much the, it's the ingredients are like, you know, minimal. So clean. I love like raw almond butter um, on either a piece of fruit or honestly, like on Ezekiel bread with some preserves. <laughs> I eat a lot of eggs. I love scrambled eggs, goat cheese, avocado. I love chips as a snack. I love that. I love a chip. I think it's nice for people to hear you yeah. say that. Beanfields has a, like a really great chip. Yeah, I love chips. 
I love hearing you say that. I yeah. think that's really nice. I think the people are going to be like, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> what is next for you? We just launched a new app. So that app experience has been such a, a labor of love. And so Amazing. really, I think always our intention is to give back to our community, making sure this is the best experience for our community, making sure we're listening to our community, building programs for them. And the idea of hopefully expanding and nurturing who's currently with us. And yeah, we did a lot in 2022. So I think 2023 is just like, let's expand, but also let's like just enjoy what is. I love that. And we have a code that we're going to put in yeah. the, yeah, that we're going to put in the episode description. Megan, thank you thank so you. much for being here. This is so nice. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts, hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily produced by Katherine Hugh. If you like this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate us.